Welcome to Dating for Geeks, How to Date a Geek, a podcast about dating, relationships, and being a geek. I am the author of Dating for Geeks, a book about geek dating, and your host, Patrick Henry. On this podcast, we speak to director, writer, actor, author, musician, and empowerment coach Matthew Solomon about his book, Man School, Relating with Women in the Me Too Era. Matthew has been a longtime friend and is dedicated to spreading knowledge and enlightenment to both men and women who want to make themselves better people. Thank you, Matthew, for being here. Let's get into it. We all have reincarnations of ourselves, you know, yeah. and you do doing different things, and that's a good thing. Uh-huh. Like, um, I think Idris Elba recently said, you know, and I said at the panel, it's like this is your only life, you know, and if you're not doing what's making you happy, you gotta do it. Yeah, you, know, you gotta you know stop. It's like you can't wait five or ten years to make a change and do something. Mm-hmm. Because five or ten years will pass and you haven't done anything yet. You yeah. know, it's like you have to do it now. Yeah. So, um, so what happened? What, you, what got you on this spiritual journey? Because <laughs> last we were talking, uh-huh. um, you were property managing, I think, right? And like dealing with the kids, and you were, um, you now you're. Are you considered a life coach now? Is that? Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I'm. Uh call it an an empowerment coach life coach has different connotations it's funny because the coaching realm is all over the place you know it's like like martial arts because we we know each other from martial arts so it's like you know someone's like oh you you take karate but karate could be taekwondo like like it just it's this name with an umbrella and there's so many different facets to it and negative connotations and negative connotations you know uh, so I consider myself uh, an empowerment coach. I specialize in relationships and communication, uh, even if that's your relationship with yourself or your relationship, like you know, with society. I'm very socially conscious, and and you know, even though I'm I'm working a lot with couples and singles, uh, in addition to that, I do a lot of socially conscious stuff where I'm speaking and writing. Uh, and on panels about racism and sexism and, and even my book, mm-hmm. uh, Man School Relating with Women in the Me Too Era, is, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a response to the sexism that has happened. And it's also a relationship book. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I've had men who have read it who have been like, wow, this, you know, I've been married 17 years and, and this chapter on listening really shifted things for mm-hmm. me. And um, that comes from experience and, yeah. and time. And so did you, because um, you're a husband, uh, divorced now. Divorced, right? yeah. Um, and father, mm-hmm. and uh, you've been boyfriend yeah. before. So you've, like like the reason why I wrote my book, Dating for Geeks, same thing, is like I've gone through so many different relationships that I've learned so much yeah. that I wanted to, and I have been, and you probably realize this too, um, is that you've been helping and coaching people before you, life, yeah, yeah, before uh-huh. you even realize you were, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like a buddy of mine, uh, I hooked him up um, with his dating profile and like took his picture oh, okay. and like yeah. did the whole gamut of like, you know, you can't put this, you should put this, you know, and be very honest and, uh-huh. you know, communicate what you want. And he's now in his dating to sex relationship, and you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe I know, maybe I do know what I'm talking about, uh-huh. you know, and and so I started to put it down on paper and, and do the book as well. Um, but you yourself, you have gone off and studied abroad a little bit, haven't you? Did you go to Costa Rica? Yeah, for, I was just uh, in Costa Rica hours? on a on a retreat mm-hmm. that was amazing. What was that about? Um, <laughs> it was it was seven days. A woman named Kiwi Spell, who's a medicine woman mm-hmm. healer, she she led the whole thing, and it was meditation, it was yoga, it was we did uh, a couple uh, plant medicine mm-hmm. ceremonies, which I had never done anything like that before and i know plant medicine are you talking like peyote you talking um, like we're talking uh, about uh bufo uh, actually which what is, is bufo it's uh toad venom oh i've i've actually have heard of that <laughs> yeah and it's you know again i i don't have any i don't have a frame of reference uh-huh. for that but from what everybody else says it's it's like it's really fast it's really intense which it was and it's like you know because ayahuasca is like the big thing right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. but they're like no this is like hardcore it's like a 20, 30 minute trip and you're just gone. Wow. And, and it was amazing. It was really amazing. And it really shifted a lot of 
how I see things and how I see myself and where I see myself going in, in this next year. Mm -hmm. And what is, what is that? Can you share that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, well, I'm rebranding and I'm working on, on the details of that, but it, it really is, it's more of a movement, you know, I, my, my views on relationships, my views on how, how we can connect with each other and, and the steps to, to get there resonate with a lot of people. And so I want to reach as many people as possible, you know, and really inspire connection and oneness, not in the, you know, like, you know, airy fairy, we're all one yeah. kind of thing, but like really like experiencing that for real, mm -hmm. which I have mm -hmm. experienced that. And so mm -hmm. I want to share that. And, uh -huh. I, and I know that the more that we do that, mm -hmm. The more all the other stuff, like the racism and the sexism and the, you know, building the wall and the, you know, all of that stuff, that'll, that'll, that just fades away once we really get to how connected we are. Going back to your book, you talked about the sexism that's going on right now. Uh -huh. What has been the response you've gotten? Because I remember when I first mentioned the book, people were like, well, what's that about? You know, is it, they took it the wrong way. Uh -huh. Like, be a man. Like, yeah, yeah. And people have taken that. Even be, the, the the phrase "be a man" uh -huh. has gotten so skewed and straight, and it's like yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a man, but a man, our definition of what a man is totally. has been skewed. Yeah, like being a man is not being this macho piece of crap, you know, right. that doesn't care, have no feelings. No, being a man is being, and what Iowa was always told is being a well-rounded individual mm -hmm. who's not only um, responsible and honest, you know, but can communicate, you yeah. know, and be vulnerable. You know, because to me that I was always told that that is a truest sign of being masculine. Yeah, is being vulnerable mm -hmm. and being uh, caring that you're showing people that you can be vulnerable. Right. You know, and uh, I remember when I first um, was going through uh, a depression, probably back in 2006. Um, I hadn't cried in like 15 years. Wow. Yeah, and I hadn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like the doctor was talking to me about why I was depressed. And I was like, well, this is going on with my kids. This is going on with my family. I'm work. And yeah. my boss died. And this is. And she's like, well, I'm looking at you telling me this story. And it was like, you want to cry, but you're not crying. Oh. And I was like, I can't cry. Like, I was like, yeah. I was just I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm trying. I think <laughs> there I is no cry. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I was like, I can't cry. I'm not <laughs> supposed to cry. And mm -hmm. she's like, well, no, that's. And it took me like three or four sessions. And then all of a sudden it was like a heaving like yeah. seizure of crying. And after that it was fine. It was easy. Yeah. Cry, crying too much. <laughs> crying, crying at fucking commercials. Yeah. Um, but you, you do live a better a life when you can let your feelings out yeah. and, and communicate. And um, some people, some guys haven't ever been told that. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's not, I was, you know, raised in the same the same way you know it's like my and my, my you know my dad wasn't particularly like he's not ma like a macho man you know right. but but it's just you know it's like i i i write a it's funny because i the title man school was intended to be tongue-in-cheek was intended to be you know to you know rub up against right. people and 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 you know grab your attention i also i write a column for the good men project which is an online resource mm -hmm which is amazing. Um, and so my column is called too sensitive. And most of what I write pushes up against how I was told I was too sensitive. I needed to have thicker skin. I needed to toughen up, needed to not take things so personally. But then there was also the, you know, I, we need men who are emotionally available. We need men who can listen and understand us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, mm -hmm. even when I was married, one thing that, that really attracted my ex-wife to me was was that I was sensitive, was that I could, you know, I was in touch with my emotions and mm -hmm. I can talk about stuff. But then that only worked to a certain extent when my emotions rubbed up against like hers or mm -hmm. what she thought was was too much. And then it was like, oh, you need to toughen up or I need to be able to say whatever I need to say without you taking it personally. But it does it like it doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. How, how, yeah. How does that work? Um, and I've kind of run into the same situation in relationships with yeah. women. Sometimes is that um, um, they are also kind of seeing things a certain way, 
you know, that makes yeah. things difficult for us to be sensitive or to be uh, what against the norm that, yeah. that, um, they, that they expect, you know, and sometimes I know that because I am that type of type of guy, I run into like, you know, that weird look of like, you know, are you too sensitive? Uh -huh. You know, and it's yeah. like, well, can I be sensitive or not? Because I can be a cold bastard and just completely turn off my feelings. But that's not that's not me. And yeah. I don't want to be that way. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's like, what are you really looking for? You know, and mm -hmm. what do you really want? Um, and it's hard. <laughs> it's really it really is hard yeah. um, to find that balance. And I mean, like even you know, um, getting like the reverse sexism sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh wait a minute. You know, because like I being a father like i kind of similar to you i raised my kids for the most part for the good majority of their life because their mother was ill uh -huh. you know so i had to raise them and take on a lot of the responsibilities and and uh, took them to school every morning and put them to bed every night and there was no mother around for yeah. a good chunk of time uh -huh. um and then when they when their mom got better and came back in the picture and she took the kids off my hands i was like well geez I loved being a dad. Uh -huh. I loved staying home and taking care of the kids and cooking and cleaning and taking care of laundry. Yeah. You know, and so like, why couldn't I do that? Why can't I, and like being creative, like uh -huh. that, that would be best for me. As a matter of fact, I can work the weird hours that we work and still have a life, you know, and support somebody who just wanted to go to work, mm -hmm. you know, and make some money, you know, and I've always gotten weird looks for that. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, how come it's okay for women to want to be a housewife? But for a man to say he wants to be a house husband, uh -huh. absolutely preposterous. Yeah. And I'm like, but why? You're yeah. like, I can do it just as well as any other woman and sometimes better. Uh -huh. You know, and um, that's been my biggest personal battle in, in today's society is like, how can I find somebody who understands that, you know, I, I want to be a house husband. Yeah. You know, that's like, to me, that would be the dream life. <laughs> that's weird to people. When they hear that, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's funny. I had a discussion over because I, I refer to myself as a single dad, mm -hmm. you know, and my kid. I have fifty-fifty custody, so I have my kids half the time. But mm -hmm. when I have them, you know, it's me and them, and and that's it. And you know, my ex-wife has them half the time, and we both refer to ourselves as single parents. And there was there was a woman who messaged me, and she's like, you know. I take offense to that because you're not on your own and single to me means you're like on your own all the time. And so there's this other concept of solo parent, right? Which is, which, you know, cause I started talking to other parents. I was like, what do you think of this? And they're like, no, I'm a solo parent. I have them all the time. You're a single parent because you're single. But, but what was interesting is I used to say I was a divorced father mm -hmm. and I would get, Oh, so you have your kids like every other weekend or, you know, a weekend a month? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I have them like... A lot. A lot. <laughs> and actually, you know, their mom travels a lot. So there's times like right now where I have them for a few weeks at a time, which, you know, I also know that, that there are parents who have them full time who mm -hmm. to them that doesn't sound like much, but it's also we get used to it. Like if I had them full time all the time... That would be your life. That would be my life. Mm -hmm. But... But I also deal with, I'm on and then I'm off, and then mm -hmm. I'm on, then I'm off, and it's like, okay, my life is one way, you know, for a couple weeks out of the month, and then it's a totally different way for a couple weeks out of the month, and you know, it's just it's just a different set of circumstances, uh -huh. and it's hard. Like, you know, I'll have them, and then and then they get sick, or they have stuff come up, or you know, they have stuff come up at school that has to be dealt with, mm -hmm. and it's like all the, you know, the things that throw a wrench into your everyday. Um, what do you find is like the common issue that most men have today with communicating with women? Yeah, I mean, is it's that we don't know what to do. Like we don't know where the line is and what's too open and what's what's not open enough. And am I gonna say this the right way or the wrong way? Like mo most of the men that I coach and that I talk to generally feel like they're walking on eggshells all the time. I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> because I mean, like I've told my girlfriend, like a guy doesn't say things ever really wanting to hurt a woman's feelings. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I mean, it's very rare. Yeah. I mean, you do. There are there are a holes out there. Sure. For sure. Um, but most guys who are in a relationship with a woman aren't out there to hurt them. No, we, on we want we want them to be happy. We yeah. want to do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I I I, I pre warned her. You know, like uh -huh. it was a pre it was a preemptive conversation. Like, if ever I say anything that hurts you to the core, let me know. Yeah. Don't keep it inside. <laughs> 
don't stew over it because I mean she did anyway you know mm. but don't because what happens is you bring it up later and there's nothing I can do about it later because the moment has passed yeah and you don't even remember what I said but you do remember I said something mm -hmm. you know that got, got hurt you well it's gonna happen again because I'm probably gonna say it because I didn't even realize it you know and like yeah. I'm never I don't ever look to hurt or you know and that's what causes fights you know yeah. is, is that um, and then yeah not knowing what to say or how to say it you know it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a big challenge I think a lot of men do face um, so with man school, I know you've been. Um, so do you do like weekly? I've seen you. You do a lot of videos. Mm -hmm. Is that part of man school, or is that part of your coaching? That's just part of. It's part of my coaching. It's part of me sharing things. Like people inbox me with questions and stuff all the time, so mm -hmm. I'll I'll respond that way. I am launching a man school online course mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be. It's going to launch in January, so that's okay. going to be. On my website, you can actually pre, you know, pre-purchase that. And the website information is uh, coachwithmatthewsolomon.com. Cool. And um, what's can, what's in like a package? I guess what would, what would you call it? A uh, coaching package? Uh, for man school? Yeah, for man school. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. There's videos. There's audio content. There's a workbook. Um, it really gets into understanding women and what they're dealing with mm -hmm. understanding ourselves as men and you know the uh, the hurdles we've we've had to jump through and that we do jump through and and there's exercises on on listening mm -hmm. you know that that from my book those two things the understanding what what a woman's daily experience is and the step-by-step -step of how to listen to her in a way that she feels heard that's most of the response I get from men is thank you for those two chapters. So uh, speaking of those chapters, tell me about that. What do you, what do you think is a guy's biggest issue with listening to women? Well, well, it's not. It's actually not just a guy thing. It's it's a human thing. Is we we tend to listen from our own experience, thinking that our way is the right way. <laughs> you know, which gets into you know. If you we, could just listen to me, you know I would be right. Yeah, yeah. It's like well, I, I don't see it that way at all. I would never do it, you know. So, so like what you know, one one big thing that was actually one of the things that uh, had me write the book. A woman was talking about how she was walking down the street and and she felt really uncomfortable because she saw a group of guys. So she went the other way, and a guy was like, "Well, that's ridiculous." You know, statistically, you know, most crime, you know, violence is man on man and not women. And and so he was coming from this logical place and this place of being in the world as a man. Uh -huh. Where if you talk to most women, they have that level of fear yeah. and discomfort. <clears throat> Whether it's logical or not, that's been their experience. And for them, I mean, that's the thing. You know, you get into logic and statistics, but there's so many things that aren't reported. There's so many things that are just considered normal. Like there, there's a, a woman who's a friend of mine who last year wanted to just go watch the World Series at a bar uh -huh. by herself. Uh-huh. And she was like, I can't do that because I'm going to get hit on. By a bunch of guys. By a guy. And she she actually went and she got hit on guy after guy after guy after guy. And she's like, she wore a baseball cap. She dressed down. She kept to herself, her body length. And she would, you know, would still get approached. And I was like, why don't you just tell them, you know, to fuck off? Mm -hmm. And she was like, you you never know what they're going to do. They're, they'll get mad. They'll yell at me. They'll tell me, you know, who do I think I am? They might follow me home. Jesus. You know, and that and that's that wasn't just one experience. I've heard that from other women and women who read that or I've shared that with and been like, yep. Yeah, sadly. So I mean I've had that I've seen that, you know, uh, I've had girlfriends, you know, that have told me, you know, yeah, come like don't like to walk walk to the corner store with me. Why? Because yeah. I'm gonna get cat called the whole way down there, uh -huh. you know, because we I just live on a main street. You know, and and it's ridiculous. You know, some yeah. men need man school. Like yeah. they really do need to understand. Like you know, sometimes it's not okay. You know, uh -huh. it's not it's not okay. You know, like I don't know where that came from yeah. in our society, um, where we got so well, what's the, what's the right word? Well, it's entitlement. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, have we always been that way? I mean, is for a this, long, it, long time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you look at history, and yeah, that we've always been a male-dominated society. Uh -huh. You know, so what is happening now? 
Like, is it a, is it the age of Aquarius? Are we all awakening? You know, I, th- I think that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. you know, because to us, you and I, it's so wrong. It's yeah. like you. I mean, we didn't go through any special man school training that I know of. Um, but I know in my core, it's yeah. wrong. You know, you know in your core, it's wrong. Yeah. So what is it that's going on? Well, I think I think. Well, I mean, there's been a huge shift of awareness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this doesn't have to get into politics, but, like, you know, when, when Trump was running for president mm-hmm. and the whole grab by the pussy thing came yeah. out, like, you know, then that I, that sparked the debate, the Me Too mm-hmm. online. You know, Me Too's been around since 2006, but, right. like, the whole online movement after Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and all of that, it put women's stories and women had this their collective voice it put that front and center mm-hmm. which even for me you know knowing women having you know known a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. seeing all the stories online with the hashtag a year ago when that came out was just like wow you know i knew the statistics was like you know one in three women have been harassed one mm-hmm. in four i think have been raped one right. in four one or five you know yeah but to see all of it and to to hear see the women sharing their stories and then men pushing back and all that it just it just it's it's just erupted basically mm-hmm. so now it's front and center and and you have guys like like les moonves you I know hear about him. He, he so he's the head was the head of cbs mm-hmm. who for the last few years has been a very big advocate for women uh-huh. and he was like oh he's like the the one of the men leaders you know that really advocates for women but it turns out there's all these sexual harassment allegations that have come up from you know from years ago years ago mm-hmm. <clears throat> but but so he lost his job he's not going to get his severance but it so it's, it's like this whole thing of being accountable for for stuff that happened years ago and truly being accountable yeah. like it's one of those things where i i mean a, a tiger they say a tiger can't change his stripes you know is mm-hmm. what they say but I do think that human beings are redeemable. Yeah. You know, and then it happened with um, Kevin Hart today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. You know, he had uh-huh. from something 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, and like I wasn't too sure how I felt about that because I'm like, that was 10 years ago and it was a different time. Yeah. You know, who he is now is not who he was 10 years ago. Just yeah. like who I am today is not who I was 10 years ago at all. Yeah. Uh, I would slap the hell out of myself 10 yeah. years ago if yeah. I met myself. Um, so we um what do we do about that you know in the in the sense of like you know what there might be some people you know who did bad in their in, uh-huh. in the past you know that mm-hmm. want to redeem themselves now and, yeah. and live a good life and go forward do how do we allow them to do that because yeah. we can't like kevin hart for instance you know i'm pretty sure he he is sorry he did say he was sorry yeah you know he, well, he his, fun, his, his first tweet though he was like i'm not going to apologize for mm-hmm. something that happened 10 years ago and mm-hmm. and and he did say you know, you have to allow for people to change and to realize I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. Now, the 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 issue there was him saying I'm not going to apologize for that. Right. And so I actually I wrote an article on this for Good Men Project uh, called When Can We Go Back to Work? Because mm-hmm. it was uh, Louis C.K. Had, yes. had like done a performance, and yes. then Matt Lauer was talking about coming back, and everybody was was asking. Is it too soon when, you know? So the thing is, with accountability, you got to really own what you did. Doesn't matter how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. So if this, you know, so like yeah. 20 years ago, I was playing in bands mm-hmm. and the, the singer in the band and I would, would, you know, drive up and down Sunset and we would honk at girls and and, yep. and yell and, yep. you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and at the time, you know, I thought, oh, they, they probably liked that. It was, it was a different time. You yeah. know, because I mean, I from LA as well. You yeah. Know, Twenty years ago, that's what we did on a Saturday, Friday night. We went down to Hollywood Boulevard, and you sat in your friend's car, the yeah. best whoever had the best car. Yeah. And you yelled at girls from your car, and yeah. sometimes they'd come talk to you. Sometimes yeah, they wouldn't. Sometimes they would. Sometimes. Yeah, they would. and it was a different time. Yeah. You know, and uh, even I guess what they allowed, and we guess made it okay for us to do. Right. You know? Well, because uh, it was also, you know, part of it. Like, there's always there are the girls that like that. Mm-hmm. You know. I would say probably most of them don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and then there's what are we going to do about it? Because nobody's going to do anything about it, you know, because it's not breaking the law. To I think communication call. is there is key. Yeah. And like I talk about a little bit in my book about you have to be 100 percent honest about what you are about and what you want and yeah. what you're looking for. Like Louis C.K. 
um, you brought him up and like he's somebody who hurt me because I loved Louis C.K. Yeah. I loved his comedy. He's kind of my sense of humor. Um, uh-huh. I'm a fucking pervert. I say it all the time. Like I make some inappropriate jokes all the time. Uh-huh. Like I have a dirty mind. Yeah. Um, and I would tell my girlfriends that like this is a part of our relationship. Like you have uh-huh. to understand that I'm a pervert. Like yeah. this is going to come out. Uh-huh. If I hide it, I'm going to be unhappy. Yeah. You know. And so um, like I told Louis C.K. Like I was thinking about Louis C.K. I'm like man, there are websites you can go to. To find women who are into what you're into. You don't yeah. have to trap them in your room and be yeah. a pervert. Yeah. You just need to realize that you have to be honest with yourself and be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I like to wear funny fur suits and dress like a panda, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's one of my favorite things I saw in um, A Thousand Ways to Die. Um, <laughs> people having panda sex and guy yeah. had sex with a bear, a real bear, on oh. the desert. <laughs> but, you know what? People doing and being who they are and being honest and, like, a lot of people... Like I've been in some of these terrible relationships where it's always been cheating. Uh-huh. It's been what done this end, you know. And it wasn't like a lack of; it was they needed. Uh-huh. What was the issue? You yeah. know, it was like I wasn't. I wasn't like no, there's nothing. A million things I could have done. Yeah. Nothing I could have done. The other person needed yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, and couldn't communicate that sexually, so they went and found it someplace else. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, why? Yeah. You never even tried yeah. to communicate sexually, you know, yeah. what you wanted, X, Y, and Z. I could have been down for that. You know, uh-huh. I like pandas, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, right. you know, but, um, and I talk about that kind of, and make a joke about it, but it's very important that that's what we do, uh-huh. you know, is, is to talk about what we need, you know, because even if Louis CK was in a stable relationship, he was going to want to masturbate in front of somebody. Yeah. That's his kink. That's what he's into. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that as a society, we become very, like behind closed doors, but the doors have gotten so thick that we don't even open them up anymore. Yeah. To people who are in our lives, right. you know, we yeah. keep all these secrets and stuff. And I was like, well, well, because we have so much guilt and shame around all of it, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to to speak to the accountability thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that. So the key to the accountability is acknowledging what you did, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, okay, ten years ago I said this thing, and I get that that was really insensitive, and I'm sorry. And I'm not going to do it again. And I'm going to dedicate the rest of my career or the rest of my life to donating to this cause or speaking about this. Or you know, so there's there's the taking responsibility for what you did, expressing remorse, getting that it caused harm. Because you know, it's like I, I was listening to was it Eddie Murphy? Was it Delirious? Mm-hmm. I think it was Delirious. Okay. And you know, it's like the whole thing was. Um, you know, der- derogatory things about gay people that, oh, yeah. that I've heard, you know? Yeah. And so back then, it was hilarious. Listening yeah. to I can't even listen to yeah, it Yeah, his now. first minute of, I remember, I know that very well, his first yeah. minute of uh, dialogue was about uh, gay men not looking at his ass as he's doing yeah. this conversation, yeah, as he's yeah. doing this piece. He's not, yeah. it's not okay, don't do it. Yeah. And the entire audience is laughing and cracking up. I was yeah. watching Blazing Saddles last night, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. And that's one of those things where I was thinking about Kevin Hart this morning yeah. and watching it. I was like, so is Gene Wilder supposed to apologize for being in a movie where they said the N-word hundreds of times? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, or is it one of those things where we, being the awoken, sensitive people, uh-huh. need to realize it was a different time? Yeah. You know? And, okay, it was a different time back then. Like me, I grew up in the 80s saying, that, you know, the F-word, you know, for, uh-huh. for gay people. Yeah. You know, and all uh-huh. that stuff as not derogatory to... To gay people, it was just right. you called your friend when he was being an idiot. Yeah. Like, you're a fucking fag, yeah. is what you would call your friend. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that it was anything against gay people. Yeah. You know, and it was just a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so, but, but then being the accountable. Thing, and then uh, the conversation, and, you know, is, is like, for somebody who was gay at that time, because I was thinking about this in relation to Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. you know, as I was driving up here. Mm-hmm. Um, for somebody who was gay at that time that made it unsafe or it was unsafe and then not only is it unsafe but like in the public conversation it's derogatory and it's bad and it's wrong Mm -hmm. and so how can you be who you are how can you come out how can you be okay because you know somebody's going to make fun of you for that so you know somebody's going to make fun of a straight person for being the way you are right you know and so it's getting that this this did actually just because everybody was laughing about it this actually did cause harm. Right. And so acknowledging that, and then, so there's the acknowledge, taking responsibility, acknowledging it, having the remorse, and then making some sort of declaration or promise that you're going to do something to correct that. 
you know, so it's not, because what happens a lot of times is, okay, I'm very, very sorry. And then a month later, it's back to business as usual. Right. It's like, yeah, because it's like, you know, with kids. Exactly. You know, it's yeah, exactly. like they, they, you know, but when you're truly, pee all over the, the toilet seat, it's like, hey, you peed all over the toilet seat. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but clean it up. <laughs> and don't do it again. And don't do it again. Yeah. And I think that when you're truly are sorry, um, you won't do it again. Yeah. It was one, you know, you got that bad taste in your mouth and mm-hmm. you'll never do it again. You know, I know, yeah. I know we've all done that one thing where like, ooh. I don't like how that made me feel. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. So whether it was an act of anger, whether it was a word you said, whatever what it was, we all have that one thing where I was like, okay. Yeah. So when you're really sorry for something and you really you realize the error of your ways, you won't do it again. Yeah. You know, and I think that we need to, like you said, get back to work. We need to allow them the opportunity mm-hmm. to sh- to go back to work. Yeah. But with that stipulation of mm-hmm. like, okay, you're on notice. You know, like you get one Michael yeah. Richards. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. But after that, like, if you go again, then no. Like, fucking, mm-hmm. what's his name? Gibson. Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. He's shown his hand more than once. Yeah. You know, Bill Cosby. You know, like, like uh, Dave Chappelle said, you know, if, even if it's cut those rapes in half, 32 rapes, that's a lot of rapes. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's still too, that's one too many rapes. That's, yeah. that's 28 many, too many rapes. Yeah. So when somebody who's an habitual offender, mm-hmm. they need to be shunned and put out. Uh-huh. out the pasture like we do need to kick them out of our society and, and show other people who are like them mm-hmm. that you will be like this um, but I think we should also give the opportunity to those who want to come back and be better people yeah you know and um, two with I think that um, and it goes across the sexes is that we have to allow the opportunity to be corrected you yes. know um, sure. like because I know that you know, like I said, me being a sensitive man, mm-hmm. oftentimes run into the reverse of uh-huh. women be like, you know, you're too sensitive or you're yeah. X, Y, and Z. Or guys don't do that or a guy shouldn't X, Y, Z. And, you know, and I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Why not? Yeah. You know, like, what was it? There's something with my hair. I have long hair, uh-huh. you know, and I said something about like wanting to do something with my long hair. And the comment guy, well, guys don't do that. Uh-huh. Why not? Like, oh, because it's not a guy. It's not a manly thing to do. I'm like, but I have long hair. Like, yeah. I need to straighten it. I need to get it layered. I need to do something uh-huh. with it, Ross. It's a mane of freaking hair. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's not very manly. I'm like, what? Want to fight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I'll show you what a man is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it gets into that whole, like, well, do I get defensive or do I, you know, tell me, hey, you're not, you're being sexist. Yeah. You know? And the same thing, I, you know, again, like, we would to the kids, like, when I was talking about raising my kids and being, that's what I, all I wanted to do. People were like, well, you're, just a lazy man like, you know how hard it is to raise kids yeah. that's that's hard work yeah. it's not anything lazy yeah. at all um, to do it right you need it's a full-time uh-huh. job um, but um, yeah definitely the uh, the listening and, and the being able to um, say you're sorry you know uh-huh. and, but mean it you yep. know and but and then lie like uh-huh. don't pull a Kavanaugh yeah like that to me I yeah, think that was just yeah. the most disgusting thing in the world was not the acts, but his lying and trying to belittle whatever happened, because mm-hmm. we know something happened. Yeah, you know the, the the truth is in there, you know, and more on her side than is his side, because we all know what the fuck a devil triangle is. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So if you're gonna sit there and you're gonna lie to the country about what a devil's triangle is, and motherfuckers are googling what a devil's triangle is, and we can see it right there. Yeah. You, you know, know, even if if he would have said, you know what, I was in college, I was in waste, I was wasted, I don't know what happened. And Respect. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. Respect. Yeah, I've been like, all right, cool. I think everybody in the world would have respected him at yeah. that point in time. But again, it's one of those things where, you know, no one's perfect, uh-huh. you know. And you know, unfortunately, Mother Nature plays a pretty sick joke in giving us our hormones as men at a very young age, uh-huh. where we're irresponsible and stupid, don't know what the fuck yeah. to do with them. Uh-huh. So when is the Man School online course going to be available? It you can the the pre-sale starts Monday. Monday the, the December the 10th. December tenth. So pre-sale starts on December tenth. Yeah, and then um, the course is going to launch in January. So and is it like a quarterly thing? So if they miss this window, they can get it. Uh, well, later or is it just every other week? I mean. That's a good question. I haven't worked that out yet because okay. I know it's going to be online. I know, you know, it's going to be awesome. You can get in. You know, it's going to be a low price because this is the first time I'm releasing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you want to get in sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then we'll just we'll see how it goes from there. Because I have 
you know, I have other, <coughs> other courses I'm working on. I, I do have, you know, other speaking engagements and, and that sort of thing. So, okay. Yeah. So um, just get in when you can yeah. and you work out the scheduling with it. It's an individual basis, right? So it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. Well, the man school course is a home study. So, so, so you, you know, what there's videos, there's audio, there's a workbook, mm. uh, and then there's going to be a Facebook group. So if okay. you have questions or if you need coaching and support, you can contact me there, but you can also contact me through my website because I do individual coaching. Okay. Uh, so that's, you know, that's an option also. And I work with men, I work with women, I work with couples. I actually, I, I had so many women reach out to me after man, the book man school came out about their teenage sons that I've started working with teenage boys mm -hmm. also coaching and it's all you know usually via Skype or phone or, or something mm -hmm. um, but but boys who are like 14 or 15 who just need support and direction and which which I'm really excited about because you know we didn't have that and we didn't have somebody we could talk about sex and intimacy with or communication with right. or understanding ourselves right or, or finances or how to like how to even figure that out we yeah. weren't taught anything in school and we didn't talk about that stuff at home right yeah we were it was a very weird time yeah you know that we were raised in it was like a post-war you know people going to work and just it was all about work and making money yeah and it wasn't about raising good humans no we weren't about being good human beings yeah we, in the we were 70s just and consumers 80s. we were consumers and we're worried about getting stuff yeah and as a society, we kind of like did hit a decline, you know, mm -hmm. like look at the product that we're turned, like we've turned out, yeah. you know, less than stellar humans. But at the same time, it's like we have two species of human being on this planet right now. We have the mass murdering psychopath killers, and then we have the awoken uh -huh. star children, yeah. you know, kind of fighting it out, yeah. you know, for the, for the future of humanity yeah. right now. And um, it's kind of interesting. It is. Yeah, an interesting time to be alive to see these two polar opposites happening. Mm -hmm. You know, because you can look in either direction and see both. Yeah. You know, which is like kind of crazy about Facebook is like, you know, you can look over here and see, you know, Paris, you know, riots and, you know, fighting and the whole system, to, you know, collapsing. But then you look to your right and you see, you know, your friends volunteering and, you know, giving back and, uh -huh. you know, charity organizations doing good stuff, you know, and it's just... The, the the phrase pick a side uh -huh. you know is is kind of very present yeah it's, can, it's funny because pick I, your side I, I um i posted after costa rica you know because there is there's like the you know the light and love crowd mm -hmm. and then there's the, the shadow work and the darkness crowd mm -hmm. and it's like no you just gotta like choose happy thoughts like no you gotta dig deep and get into like your trauma and all of that and so i was looking at it, i was like you know if this was a jedi thing i'd be a gray yeah, because it's like it's both of that. It's integrating that. It's knowing when to, when to use what, and when, how to use when to force each. choke. Yeah, and when to you know force push. Yeah, you know <laughs> I've always said that, and yeah. people people don't really get it. I've always said I'm a gray Jedi, uh -huh. because, and I think it's talking Star Wars. Yeah, um, I think that that's exactly what's happening in the Star Wars universe. Is that the Jedi. We're so extreme to the right, good, good, and yeah. the Sith were so extreme to the left that that's not. It neither is good. Yeah, you know, it's actually evil to be either one. To be in the middle is a true balance. Yeah, what well, was it? A true walk. Like only a Sith deals in absolutes, which is that's an absolute. absolute. It's, like, <laughs> it's like, hey, wait a second. Okay. Was it was that intentional, George <laughs> Lucas, or I think so. Do you? I, I do think so. I do think that at the last movie, uh -huh. I think he was trying to redeem himself. That's why the Clone Wars came out because that's also a redeeming storyline okay. of yeah. the prequels, the early prequels. And I think uh, George Lucas never meant a trilogy to happen to begin with. Mm -hmm. A New Hope was all he ever written. Yeah. And, but when it was a hit, he's like, I got two more. You know, and <laughs> yeah. he came out with it because it doesn't. None of it makes sense. You yeah. know, because in a New Hope, you watch a New Hope by itself. Anakin Skywalker was a different person, a standalone person than Darth Vader. Like mm -hmm. when Obi Wan talks about them, they're two different yeah. individuals. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Completely. Totally. Totally. Two totally. different memories yeah. of them. Yeah. He killed your father. Yeah. Like that, totally that whole, different. Like, well, in a matter of speaking, mm -hmm. I never thought that. <laughs> yeah. No. So the two and three of episode five and six are um, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Uh, so many now. I get confused myself. Um, he kind of try, he tried to wrap them up as good as he much as he could, but yeah. it was ever meant to be. So one, two, and three was kind of him trying to piece it together a little more. The Clone Wars did a little better. These last ones have really helped bring yeah. in full circle, which I think 
full circle is the gray Jedi. Yeah. Um, I think that's what Benicio del Toro is. Who his character is very weird uh -huh. in Star Wars so far. Like yeah. he showed up and literally like appeared. Yeah. In the in the jail cell. Well, that was because he wasn't there before, and they never referenced as to how he got there. Because yeah. they're sitting there talking to each other, and all of a sudden this fucking guy's there they didn't even notice. Mm -hmm. Like. And now we see that Luke can do some weird stuff with the Force as far as astral projecting. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro's character could possibly be the same. And the funny part is that the way it ends, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen these movies yet, you should have. I yeah, know. you should have. It's been two years. Yeah, right? Year. Is that he he escapes that ship with a right. buttload of money Yeah. that the Rebellion's going to need Yeah. to hire an army because they were saying, like, we have nothing. Like, the army is, like, what, 50 left of them? Yeah. 50 people total. Um, so they're going to need some money. Uh -huh. So I think that the, it's going to be ending with the Grey Jedi. That's the Benicio Del Toro, whose name is, I think, is DJ, Dark Jedi, or something like that. Something, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was like, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's, yeah, finding a true balance, you know, and uh, is, is the way to live, you know. And and uh, I don't know how we got on the whole Star Wars Jedi. The Grey Jedi. The Grey Jedi thing. The dark and the light, the good, the, you know. Oh, walking in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Like how you can choose? Yeah, oh yeah, choose picking a side. Yeah. yeah, and but I think that yeah, and right now it is definitely picking a side. You know, like um, with the elections coming up, mm -hmm. you know, I still I'm starting in here, and it scares me the same shit we did saw last time of yeah. voting Democrat, voting Republican, mm -hmm. and it's like we didn't learn our lesson. Mm -hmm. Still, like the third party vote is what we need to have faith in. Like mm -hmm. we don't have faith in that vote, you know, because the people who didn't show up. That's what the third party vote is there for. When you don't like left or right, yeah. you use the third party vote because that causes a new election. You know, they don't realize that's how the elections work. Like if you elect a third party candidate, there's the next time elections come around, it's going to be a whole different story because people if are you can elect them because that's you know because also in our lifetime the, the times where there have been third party it just it's never happened split but yeah it was 60 60 right i think hillary clinton got like 60 million votes and uh -huh. trump got 67 Six. million votes sure. and the non shown up was 120 million votes which is like was both it? combined okay and that's a perfect example of like oh. if you don't like either candidate use your vote for the third party because you would have voted a third party candidate in if, if they showed up but that's and, the other and thing if right? they showed up yeah. yeah but no one shows up and, and that's the you know that's the whole other thing i mean i know we're, we're, getting, we're yeah. going way it, off it, it's all good but I'm, the, I'm, the the matrix you uh -huh. know how do they what do they want us to know what are you know what are the tools that we have that they've allowed us to have because you know the elite don't want us to have power they don't want us to know how to invest and manage our money and prepare for us stock market crash like they want the market to crash so they can like you know grab up everything yeah we distribute everything. you know there's there's a whole lot around like even if we if to get back on like if we talk about sex and intimacy there's so much power that that we have as people when we connect with each other and when we have that <laughs> that deep understanding that partnership which can be expressed through sex and intimacy and just knowing how to do that is also threatening so so we're told you know sex is bad it's evil you're going to catch a disease you know here's here's a bunch of porn to distract you uh -huh. you know from from everything else and from any real relationship yeah from, yeah from real relationships from real connection from you know it's like you know there's i mean there's a whole other you know i study tantra also so there's like this whole life force energy that comes about you know, they call it kundalini. Also, mm -hmm. is another another word mm -hmm. for it, um, where we just waste it. <laughs> you know, on um, empty, em yeah, empty relationships, uh -huh. empty endeavors, uh -huh. and conditioned to do so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you know, again, social media is a great tool, but uh, evil at the same time. You know, and you know, uh, we lost our way. But it's been a long time in the making, I think. Yeah, and it's kind of like hit the tipping point and blew yeah. up. And well, we, like we were founded by Puritans. Like, look how far uh, back you know the sexual repression has gone. You know, yeah. and like in the '60s, I think what's happening now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it's starting to like our heartbeat is coming back. Yeah. You know, our sexual heartbeat is yeah. starting to just trying yeah, to yeah. trying to come back to life. Of like, you know, uh -huh. having spikes of like, hey, you know what, and. Even like in today's society, you see a lot of sh uh, slut shaming, I guess is a popular mm -hmm. word for it. Um, 
but um, people turning a, a nose up to those who are in different sexual lifestyles, you know, and you know, we started getting into the science of it all. It's like, you know, it's, it is kind of hard and impossible for some human beings to be monogamous. You yeah. know, I know some people, it's just not, that's just not what they're, they're built for. Yeah. And like, I know a couple of couples who are polyamorous that are great relationships, yeah. you know, and they're successful people. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it's not the, what we were told about these kind of people, you know, as yeah. far as being dirty and fidelity, you know, all these crazy things that, you know, weird, XYZ it's just uh -huh. that's what works for them yeah you know and, and to not be judged and to not try not to judge mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be for you like it's not like just because they do it doesn't mean you have to do it yeah you don't have to be okay with it but respect that it's their right to do it and not try to make them feel bad for doing it because mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that people do is like you know what I don't agree with you but not only do I do not agree with you, but I have to let you know yeah. that I don't agree with you. Right. And I have to make you feel bad yeah, for you doing wrong. what you're doing. Yeah. Like, where does that come from? You know, mm -hmm. and I think that once we stop, you know, pointing the finger at people and just, you know, let people be, you know, it would be a, people will have happier relationships, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then it too yeah. comes oh, in totally. communication. It comes in communication. Totally. Like, you know, if you're polyamorous and you try to get with somebody who's monogamous, it's just not going to work, uh -huh. you know, but you can't lie to that monogamous person like, oh, no, I can be monogamous uh -huh. knowing damn well you're already thinking about two or three other people. Right. Y yeah. It's all just owning who you are and being, you know, and, and real and not being selfish, not yeah. being selfish sometimes because we're selfish. Like, oh, I don't want to lose this person. Uh -huh. Well, that's you being selfish. It's not yeah. looking after them. It's not caring about what they want. It's about what you want. And, mm. you know, you're lying to them. And that's not that's no way to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That ain't no good. Um, so we talked about your book. We talked about your your, your classes and um, film. You got anything coming up with film? Uh, Chatter. My mm -hmm. movie Chatter uh, is being distributed, and that should be out in spring 2019. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. So Very exciting. Yeah. So the movie Chatter, uh, you film, You started filming that a couple of years ago, Yeah. right? Um, and now it's got distribution through? Uh, ITN distribution. Okay. Uh, it's one of Richard Hatch's last movies, Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica. Fantastic man. We um, had the pleasure of meeting him. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. And I was able to yeah, meet yeah. him because of you. Um, he was a good guy. Yeah, he Richard was Hatch. awesome. So Richard Hatch is in it. He's got a, he's a pretty cool role. And Chatter, um, where can we find it? Netflix? Uh, what, it'll be, what? I'm not sure what platforms uh -huh. yet, but it'll it'll be... It'll be out there? Yeah, it'll be out there. So Chatter and... Uh, you. So Chatter's about... Um, briefly run down... Yeah, so it's. Uh, I know what it's about because I was in it. Right, <laughs> but I want. Yeah. I wanted to come I mean, from the, it's the a, creative. It's mouth. a. It's a technological thriller. It takes place on a you know video chat, mm -hmm. uh, in the video chat world. A husband and wife. Uh, she's in London. He's temporarily in Los Angeles, <clears throat> and they're using video chat to stay connected. And we start to see over over time that the place that he's in is haunted by a ghost of a little girl who starts using the internet to cross over and kill people. And we see all this through the eyes of a Homeland Security agent whose job it is to spy on people for, you know, for like, security threats. Big Brother's watching. Yeah. Yeah, so I got, awesome. you know, I got the politics in there. I got the, That's there's awesome. the, the, the love story, the, the ghost story. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That is creepy. I mean, because that is one of my biggest fears. Um, I'm not going to lie. Because, you know, playing with a VR headset on, uh -huh. you know, you're alone in a room and you have your eyes completely covered by a machine. Yeah. There could be somebody walking next to you. Uh -huh. There could be a ghost sitting next to you. And it's kind of a weird, it's a, one of my fears is like you can see momentarily, like it flashes the camera so you can see yeah. yourself yeah. playing for a second uh -huh. when it loads the game. Like one of my biggest fears is to see myself with somebody sitting, somebody next, to sitting next to me. And yeah. they're not supposed to be there. I'm like, like, what do you do? You're, yeah. you're just going to be frozen in fear. Of like there's something next to me and it shouldn't be there. Like, and... That's just me being a superstitious, yeah, like, but scary totally. kind of kid. Um, it's but like chatter too. Oh my god, dude! That just yeah gave me creeps just thinking about that. That sounds so much fun. I uh, can't wait to see that. Um, congratulations on, on that. That's gonna be awesome. So, any plans for uh, Chatter Two or any other movies coming up, or you're just focusing on focusing right right now on the? I mean, the movies coming out, the the book, mm -hmm. the coaching programs. I've been doing a lot of interviews and, and mm -hmm. speaking on that. I have some other scripts that are being shopped around nice. right now. So, you know, I'm work, working on all those, all being, those fronts. Being the hustler, huh? Yeah. 
as as you gotta do in this great city yeah. of Los Angeles. Yeah, and I grew up here, so it's like that. Um, it's it just it's in my blood. Yeah, that's that's the other people who don't understand. It's like, oh, yeah, you can't leave when you're from here. It's like, well, yeah, where am I gonna go? I'm stuck here. This it's is like, what I do. Yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah. and when you're from here, like, uh, it does get in you. Like, it's, it goes one two ways. You completely not anything to do with the industry, or you're in the industry, and everything you want to do yeah. is all about that. And I know, I'm we're so lucky to be from here at least I, that's the way i feel <laughs> but um yeah man i think that's that's pretty awesome thank you so much for coming out and sharing sharing your stuff with me and your expertise i hope you get some good yeah thank you man some good, some it's good always, hits from always this. great talking to you on all the various platforms we've this is had the conversations on this is the i think the third, third the third rehashing of my quote-unquote podcasting um, yeah. This is the first time I'm doing just relationship stuff, like yeah, dating, dating cool. for geeks. Yeah, I like it. Um, I like it. And, uh, and it's important right now, and I, nobody else is doing it, which is great. You know, and I think that it's one of those things where, again, like we got to open the dialogue to people and realize like that there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh -huh. You know, like one of the chapters in my book that it was very, it's a tongue-in-cheek, uh -huh. but very serious. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a pickup book. It's, uh -huh. a, it's a relationship book. You know, it's how do you get along with a geek? You know, because I've always been a geek and I've always dated non-geeks. Yeah. You know, and it's always been like, they don't get me. Yeah. You know, and that was always a frustrating point of like, look, you would get me if you understood these five facts. <laughs> these five things right. here and here they are. You know, and then the other part of it is sex. Mm. Sex is a huge part of um, our being as people that we don't ever talk about. Yeah. But it's always destroyed relationships for yeah. me. You know, whether it's kinky too kinky or not kinky enough uh -huh. you know it's like well and you don't find out it's too, it's too late yeah you know and which one of the things where i put like what why i put in the book was that the geek and kink is the name uh -huh. of the chapter yeah. it's very important because um it's half of who you are i've yeah. always said it's like your sexuality is half of who you are uh -huh. the the geekness and the video games and the comic yeah. books and the, that's your persona uh -huh. but when you're home your sexuality is who you are. Yeah. You, your home is pretty much when your sexuality comes out. Uh -huh. um, and you need to be honest about that. And mm -hmm. there's, and I run through the whole gamut of all the crazy things that are out there that I've researched and found because people don't know that it's normal. Yeah. It's, well, it's like the, the, for the chapter one of man school is sex. It's like that's, that's it, just, it's who we are. It's how we got here. It's what drives us. You know, you're not your car. Uh -huh. You're not your suit. You're not your house. You're a sexual creature. You're mm -hmm. you're, you're you're an animal. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're here to get along with other animals. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, knowing that what animal likes to wear the leather and what one doesn't <laughs> is right. very important. Right. It's very key. Yeah. <laughs> but awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, man, for doing your part and helping bring the sleepy ones to full awokenness mm -hmm. status. Yeah. I know they want to wake up. They're trying to wake up. You yeah. know, a lot of us are, are trying to wake up. Yeah. You know, and it's for those that are, you know, dealing with somebody who's like that. You got to be patient. You know, give them the opportunity to wake up. You yeah. know, and then come around. And books like Man School um, are definitely something that people should read to help those that are in need. You know, in relationships. Yeah. You know, and it's and, a short book. It's seventy-five pages because you know we're, we're guys. You know, and it, and and it's it's you know what, and even if there's just one thing in there that mm -hmm. you didn't know, it could be a game changer. Yeah, you know, totally. and um, it just takes a little bit of trying, and that's what books like that are. It's just trying to be a better human. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you might get nothing from it because you already knew it all. Yeah, that, but you might not. You know, but you're trying to better yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and reading, like, you know, they say. You know, the mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> from Game of Thrones. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Read a book. Yeah. I don't know if people read enough nowadays. Yeah, true. Well, all right, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I thank appreciate you. it.